Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Midlife Mail podcast, a podcast designed to help men maximize middle age and live healthier, wealthier, stronger, and happier. I am Greg Scheinman, and I'm inviting you to join the thousands of men who listen each week, receive my Midlife Mail newsletter, and are committed to making this next phase of life our best phase. If you have not yet downloaded my No BS Guide to Maximizing Midlife, where I break down the three principles to maximizing middle age and taking back some of that shit you've given up, head on over to midlifemail.com forward slash No BS Guide. Guys are loving these three principles to maximizing middle age, and you can download your copy today at midlifemail.com forward slash No BS Guide. All right, here we go. It is another week. It is another episode of the Midlife Mail Podcast. I am Greg Scheinman, and thank you this week and every week for joining me as we help keep the Midlife Mail movement growing. I am super excited. My first book, The Midlife Mail, a no-bullshit guide to living better, longer, happier, healthier, and wealthier, and having more fun in your 40s and 50s is being released on November 1st and pre-sales are available now. Just head over to Amazon. Everybody knows where that is. And all you gotta do is search Midlife Mail and the book will come up. You can pre-order your advanced copy and you will have it on November 1st. You can also head over to midlifemail.com, subscribe to the weekly newsletter, and also download a copy of my free No BS Guide to Maximizing Middle Age which is a short but very effective version of what you'll find in the book as well. This week on the podcast, Jeff Mahan comes back for his second visit, episode 200, I believe, maybe. Oh, I'm sorry, episode 201. We just crossed that threshold. So Jeff is back on the show. He just celebrated his 39th birthday. He is a good friend and an amazing human being. He's the co-founder and CEO at Split Nutrition, which is one of my favorite products. I always talk about simplicity and nothing is more simple and effective than peanut butter and jelly. It's the highest quality peanut butter and jelly and almond butter and even almond butter and dark chocolate. These little split packets are amazing and you can pick them up just about everywhere right now as, um, as they've been scaling quite rapidly. He is also a chef and restaurant owner. And when he isn't cooking or riding his bike, he can be seen on a variety of cooking shows, including Sugar Showdown on the cooking channel. And if you happen to be out in Santa Monica, stop by Stella Barra Pizzeria, Summer House Santa Monica, Do Right Donuts, M Street Kitchen. Guy's just awesome. Just super, super awesome. And what also happened here 
And I wanted to just kind of leave it that way. Um, is we just started talking. We booked the time to do the podcast and we just started talking man to man, friend to friend, all over the place. Family and fitness and finances and perspective on life and where we're growing and where we're going and what's important and where we've changed our minds and our perspective on a variety of different things. Shows and content and books and other stuff that we're interested in. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and it really did not feel like there was a barrier between us through microphones or Zooms, but it was great to see Jeff's face as we were talking. And it was great to just have that kind of depth and interest in a conversation um, that I hope you guys enjoyed as much as, as I did. So here we go. Let's get after it. I don't even know where Mike, my amazing editor, Michael Carroll, I don't even know where he's jumping right in, but let's get right to it right now with Jeff Mayen on the Midlife Mail podcast. Just There's just a dichotomy, you know, of, of yeah. so many of these things. And again, I love like, reassess, you know, prioritization, what really matters, the ability also to, you know, change our mind and the way we do. And also look too much of a good thing is, is not a good thing. I tell them, you know, the, the over-indexing trap that even as men, you know, we fall into whether it's work or whether it's substance or whether it's cycling or whether it's working out. And all of a sudden it becomes, wait a minute, is this now actually adding or, or, or detracting, you know, am I attracting the right kind of people or am I repelling and, and repelling the right kind or, or am I repelling great people and, and situations and opportunities? You know? I have things become inverse by some of the stuff that, that we're actually doing. So I, I love all of it. We can, we can dive into it um, and, and just flow. You know? Ooh, and there's it. kind of an also fun little aspect of the fact that, look, I mean, like, like split's kind of a perfect example. It's like yeah. weird things that go well together, like two different things that go well together. And you can open a once up. I, I just. Yeah. I think we can touch a little bit on that too. Cause like we started really heavy advertisement on like the athlete. We're like, God, we're going to be athletic. It's a fat and a sugar. We have a nutritionist. I'm an athlete. Like everyone's an athlete. It's going to be so great. And like what we realized through this process is like, like it doesn't sound glorious. It doesn't sound special. It doesn't sound cool, but like, we're just, we're just peanut butter and jelly. Right. But, but at the same time, that simplicity is delicious. And it opens up the spectrum of like way, like a ton of new people. And it's like funny, like I was dating this girl for a little bit and um, like we were having a conversation and we'd like been dating for a, a little bit. And I was like, and she's like, I've never had a split nutrition pack. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like we're, like we're boyfriend and girlfriend. How do you, have you never had any, like a part of my company? Like that seems weird. And she's like, well, it's not for me. I was like, what do you like? How does it, how is it not for you? She's like, well, I'm not an athlete. I was like, it's peanut butter and jelly. She's like, no, but you guys are like always like doing athletic stuff. And like, it's probably has like athletic things in there. Right. And it's just like, I don't feel like an athlete. And I was like, no, it's literally just good peanut butter and jelly. There's nothing else in it. Just peanut butter and jelly. And I'm like, and you love peanut butter and jelly. She's like, yeah. But I thought there was like creatine or something in it. Cause like, you're always talking about athletes. And it was just like such a big aha moment of like, I let my priorities and my comfort zone of like talking to athletes and wanting to be around athletes kind of cloud that advertisement and be like, oh yeah, they, and athletes are cool and this. And then you realize you're like, wait a minute, there's this huge amount of people that just like love peanut butter and jelly and want something simple to put in their pocket and be like, 
cool, this is awesome. And like, we realized on the package that we didn't say peanut butter and jelly anywhere, like anywhere on the first package, it just says two great foods, one fast pack. And you're like, are, are, am I the dumbest person ever? And like, you know, and then like, so we like, re, like we did like PB&J reimagined or PB&J on a pack. And then we like changed the logos to like, we realized that if you took the words away, almond and strawberry or whatever, like it was beautiful watercolors. It was nice. It was tan and red, but like it didn't tell you what it was. And it was just like, there's a lot of these aha moments of like, we are just complicating something that doesn't need to be complicated and goes back to the life, right? Of like, I wanted seven watches so I can wear them in different rooms and be like, yeah, I belong here. Look at this watch. You know, like I wanted all these sports, like I wanted all these things to like overcomplicate things. And now like you give me a small house in the middle of nowhere, like that, that would, I would be so happy, like just simplifying. And I think you could, everyone does that when they're older, but like it's hitting me hard lately. I, yeah, I could not, could not agree more. Um, and, and I've even written about this extensively you know, about, you know, simple is hard, which yeah. is why most people don't do it. And it takes a very long time. I mean, some people might get there faster, and I, but I've also said this a lot that I'm a, I'm a slow learner and a late and a late bloomer, but you know, it takes a long time, whatever that pacing is for anyone to figure out again, what's important to you. And again, what really matters. And then you kind of come full circle. And some of the things that you thought were important, whether yeah. again, it's watches or cars or, or whatever chips you're stacking up or then it starts to maybe shift into experiences over things, or how do I want to be perceived where I used to feel similarly? I have sure. to look a certain way or wear a certain thing. And that gets me perceived a certain way. And you fit. And there's almost this kind of badge of honor in showing up exactly who you are you know, and how you want to. And almost sometimes being the, the outlier there, like the guy that interests me is the guy that's not feeling the need to wear, let's say the fancy watch or show up with the super fancy car. And listen, if you like it and I have some too, and we're both like, like, sure. Absolutely. Like more, if you like it and you can afford it and it's authentic and genuine and it's making you happy, I got no, I got no problem with it, but I also have just a lot of, of respect. And I find myself gravitating towards individuals who have a presence about them that kind of transcends the things, you know, in there. Yeah. And so like, I think about this a lot of like, God, I, I battle with social media on like any given day of like, I think there are so many cons on social media, like, you know, like not like cons, I mean, yes, people are conning you, um, but like negatives about it. But then like, I also think that like, if you, if you think of a negative, you have to think of a positive, right? Like there's like, you want to talk about fossil fuels, right? Like there's, there's things that it's actually really good for too. And I think social media goes in the same idea of like, there are amazing things that it does as well, you know? And so it's, it's easy to poke fun at it, but something that's really interesting to me. And, and again, I attribute you to this, but like, there's this like overexposure to like one minute clips from really smart people 
talking about life, right? Whether, you know, like, I, you know, I know he's polarizing, but like, I think Jordan Peterson has a lot of, you know, interesting things that he says. Like, I think a lot of people, like, even I don't know their names say things. And I, and I listen to a lot of them now. I'm like targeted for like self-help clips, right? And so like you're on like every fourth one. Um, you know, but I, I heard one the other day and I really liked it. You know, it talks about like, he was talking about being a dad and I'm not a dad, but like, you know, I think, I think this is, you can expand that into just everything. He's like, are you the dad that walks in the room and these kids like, Oh yeah, dad's home. Like, cool. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to keep playing video games. Like, and like, you know, or are you the dad who walks in and goes, Oh damn, dad's home. Like, wow. Like that guy's a badass. like so proud of it. And I think the same thing goes with people of like, you know, do you want to be the person where like, sure, you might rub some people backwards, but like everyone knows that you're the guy that like, if you're together and your friend that you will always be there, right? Like you're always going to be that person who's a stand up person, you know, or are you the person who's so worried what everyone else thinks and that they, this was me a hundred percent, right? Like you're, I was so worried how people interpreted me that I changed my personality from person to person. I changed my personality and how I dressed. I changed a lot of things because like, I just wanted to fit in. I was so desperate to be accepted as opposed to just being who I am and saying, Hey, listen, I don't mean to offend anyone, but like, this is who I am. And if you love it, then that's awesome. Cause I will always be that genuine person to you as opposed to kind of flip-flopping a lot of the time. And I, that was, you know, I think it was a big realization of mine. Look, I identify with it tremendously. And then a lot of times also people see the current product, if you will, the current version of you. Yeah. And they don't know how you got there, what you were before. And also, as we talked about, the right that we reserve to change our minds, even, even going forward. You know, look, I spent a long period of time in sales for what it's worth. And, and I spent a long period of time trying also to be that chameleon or thinking that again, you had to be, you had to be like the person on the other side of the table. You had to be the one that was constantly changing, trying to do, and you know, and it's a tough spot to be. You know, I, I kind of this chasing authenticity where authenticity doesn't really exist makes you feel a very weird, weird way about yourself. And what I came to realize over time was that anything and everything we want in life actually exists. Those people that are like us, whatever the, the real us, that are living a lifestyle that we like, that appreciate the things that we like, that are thinking about, again, maybe smaller, you know, small, like I used to Google big, big houses and stuff. Now I, now I Google small, like tiny homes, like what's the smallest footprint I can possibly occupy at the highest possible quality, you know, in there too, but anything and everything you want, it actually exists. You just have to be willing to go out there and look for it and find it and believe enough in yourself. And I think a lot of guys I mean, that struggle with confidence. Yeah. And I know I did, and I still do confidence, insecurity. We want to be liked. We want to be accepted. You know, we want to be, be part of things. And sometimes we end up in these situations where it, it's also harder. You mentioned dad stuff and parents, and I've had it in schools with my kids. I've had it with teams with my kids. I've had it with the communities, you know, that we've lived in and you try to assimilate also. And, get, and there are guys you align with and other guys you don't. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's interesting to me. So like when I, I so I, I grew up in the kitchens, right? Like, you know, when I was really young and in the kitchens, and like something that I loved um 
in so many ways, I like not being good at something. I also hate it, right? It's a huge insecurity of mine. Uh, and I'm extremely competitive and I'll like go home and secretly practice uh, and then show back up and be like, oh, what are you talking about? I just sort of slightly improved, but I, I was working on it all week, right? Um, but as I got older, I kind of, because if you're good at something, you keep moving up the ranks and eventually like you're not in these like really uncomfortable situations anymore. You're not scared to show up on your first day. Like you sort of have not mastered a craft, but you know, you're, 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 you've moved up on it. And, you know, over the last few years, I've started to like join these group classes, whether it's like Krav Maga or like, you know, whatever else it may be. And like, you know, I remember my first Krav Maga class, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really the, the most afraid person to like stand up for myself or take a punch. I fought a lot as a kid. Right. But like, then you were like, you stand up against these like 14 year old kids who are like string beans and they, they know how to kick real hard. And you're like, Whoa, Oh, Oh man, this kid could beat me up for sure. Like, you know, I might have more old man rage, but like he's better. Right. And so like, it really is this humbling thing to have these people who are like, physically smaller than you right who you're like on the street you would look at them and be like not you know not someone who's threatening but then you actually see their skill and what happens is there's two ways you can go about it right you can kind of be a dick and be like oh you know f you guys you know like i'm not i am you know, whatever like I, my ego is going to get in the way like i'm not going to be in this classic like, i'm tough no matter what or you can be like hey i have no idea how to be tough i want to learn from you that's what i'm here and what happens it's really interesting is like all those things when you admit and be like hey i want to learn from kitchens to these classes to everything else, like the group typically like is like, cool, like come aboard. And then like, then there's this like community and then you're like now part of this community. And like, they're, it's funny. Like I think about this a lot of like, when I teach someone how to cook a steak or cook something, it's like 20 years of information that I'm giving to you in five minutes. Right. And so like the same thing with like Krav Maga or like you know, shooting or, you know, rock climbing or mountain biking or whatnot, is you have someone who's an expert and you're like, Hey, let me condense the last 20 years and, and tell you something that you're going to get better faster. And I love that. And like, all you have to be is present and all you have to be is not an asshole. And like most people will show you so much of their life and like give you a preview of like how to be better at something. I think it's like, you know, I try to continue to put myself in these situations over and over again because i want to learn stuff i think it's so cool that humans can just be like oh you want to learn how to race car drive awesome go here and then a year later you know how to race car drive you may not be the best but you know you want to learn how to bow hunt all right well go talk to this guy you want to learn how to paint go talk to this like we have the ability to do so much stuff i love the notion of also never never stop learning mm -hmm kind of mm. embracing curiosity and the notion of, of never stop learning. And a few things come to mind as, as, as you were talking about this, you know, one, uh, again, it exists everywhere. Like I'm really kind of getting excited and into this area of, of not knowing and starting at the bottom. And I think, again, it's a sign of strength and a sign of confidence. Whereas maybe earlier on in life, you wear it, you wear it the opposite way. You think like, I'm supposed to know everything. I'm supposed to have the answers. I'm the guy. I'm supposed to have this figured out. And if I'm an entrepreneur or a business or I'm supposed to be the smart guy in the room and asking for help or asking mm, to learn something or to wait a minute, I was I'm supposed to be the guy. And then you have a little success and maybe you really think you're, you're the guy. 
you know, there. And then it becomes a little bit harder sometimes. But there it gets to this tipping point, what I found. And now I've also done 200 of these conversations with all different successful guys. And the absolute commonality between it, they're all committed to learning. They are all continuing to start over and do things that are outside of their comfort zone or, or get back in the beginning. And they all want to talk about their failures way more than their successes and what it is that they want to learn next. If you string them all, string them all together. And I have just found this incredible fulfillment and enjoyment of walking into situations now where I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. And I'm starting completely at the bottom Mm -hmm. and meeting incredible people who have the confidence also to be amazingly successful in whatever their world is, and then also put themselves in a new room where they are thrown into the deep end of the pool and just go, okay, and almost don't want to tell you what they've done before. You know, just super humble to your point there. Yeah. I've gone through it with with public speaking recently. Mm -hmm. I have always been afraid of public speaking. I think, you know, it's relatively common fear. I've always been afraid of public speaking. And I wanted to get good at, or at least I wanted to try it. Hey, listen, this I do. I can do the microphone, screen, one-on-one conversations. I don't really like big social environments or weirds me out a little bit. I I think I can do it on stage if there's a distance between maybe me and crowd. So I invested in this course, in this 12-week mastermind to write a keynote speech. And then we get on. The point I'm making is I go into this room and there's like 50 of us in Detroit. And you're assigned to these tables and you're sitting with all these different people. And what was amazing, like the questions that were being asked, and it was kind of like we were all jockeying for a position where like, if we're the ones talking, then we're, that's the wrong position to be in. Cause all you wanted to do is hear from other people and absorb, but everyone was such a good question asker that it was like this little game, but I just learned so much from these people. And you find out, wow, you're sitting in a room with guys that have sold enormous companies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another woman was the former police chief for like the city of Aurora and now is heading up the Uvalde shooting uh, investigation on the whole government. This other guy invented uh, Shazam and sold Shazam, you know, to Apple. I mean, there were just amazing people all around and you're going, and they're beginners at this. Yeah. And they spent their money to come here like said, to learn how to cook a steak, to learn how to, to put a few sentences together that maybe somebody wants <laughs> to hear. You know, there. And I just think it's such a cool thing if you can get over yourself, get past your own ego, get back and say, hey, those are the kinds of rooms I want to be in yep. and get better. And I think, and this is the hard part of like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm superb at lying to myself. And I think there's pros and cons to it, right? It helps in business because you're like, oh, we're going to be fine, even though the world's, you know, burning down. You know, and then there's cons to like to know about it. But I I do think that, you know, self-reflection is extremely important, right? And like, man, I think we know 99% of the answers if we just stop convincing ourselves that we don't, right? Like, and, you know, going back to that, that class, like, it's being like, well, I want to public speak. And then you start making excuses and you're like, well, you know, like, well, I don't need to public speak or I don't want to do this. And then you're like, well, I can do it. And you start like justifying all these reasons why or why not, as opposed to it's really simple of, well, I've never public spoke before. I, so if I've never driven a car before, I don't know how to be a race car driver. So therefore the answer is I should go take a class. 
and maybe, maybe you're naturally talented at it. But like, I think it's really simple, right? Like, I want to learn how to play the guitar. Sure, I could like kind of take lessons, or I could just commit myself and say, I know how to play the guitar. Find the best teacher, tell them I suck, and learn how to play the guitar, right? And then, then there's result at the end of it. I think it's the same thing about taking care of yourself, like. You know, I stopped drinking a long time ago and it's not, you know, because I was a huge alcoholic, but it was simply like, I just wanted to feel good every day. I just didn't ever want to not feel good. I wanted to feel like I want to be 100% clear minded for any decision I wanted. And so like, and I think about that, you know, time to time again, like, it's easy to like, I'll just have a drink. I can make an excuse to like have a drink. I'm like, I'm not going to fall down the slippery slope, you know, and go and, you know, to, to be a train wreck. But it's something of like, I committed to myself I don't want to do this. And just like with the, your, your class, it's, it's scary as this, but like you committed to yourself and you have to honor that. Um, and I think it's a hard thing for people is to like really be honest about commitments to themselves. hundred uh, percent. Accountability is very tough. Yeah. Holding yourself accountable and not so making true. excuses is, is incredibly, incredibly yeah. tough. And look again, there's so much self-help out there. There's so yeah. many coaches out there. There's so many there's so many people that need it, quite frankly, that have a very, very hard time holding themselves accountable. I say preparation, consistency, accountability. Like if you really want to master anything, master showing up. Yeah. Master being, master that. Because, you know, as you said earlier, just start. You know, there's, there's we make up all these reasons not to, to do things or, or put these big obstacles up there. It really is, it's much simpler than that. Just so I, I think of the idea of like action before emotion, right? It's like the idea is like, if you need to go for a run and you know, you need to go for a run because you committed to yourself, you're going to go run every day, right? You wake up, you feel tired, you feel shitty. Like I used to do this with like bike racing or like, you know, like working out and being like, man, like just go out there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, start doing the exercise, start doing it. And if for some odd reason you still feel you, you suck, like you're so tired, all those things, maybe you, you are actually tired and you can go back and you at least tried. Right. But like nine times out of 10, like you would actually start doing the exercise and you're like, ah, I feel pretty good. Okay. I'm going to finish the whole thing. Right. But like you're convincing yourself ahead of time to not do something before you even tried. Um, there's this really cool uh, podcast I listened to with this guy. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to plug a different podcast like yours. You should, like, by the way, that's what this is all about. Plug. Him. Plug away. Well, what I think Sean Ryan is the best stuff out there. So yeah. by all means. Yeah. So Sean Ryan does a really cool podcast. And I think he's interesting because they're like all six hours like long or four or five hours long. I mean, they're long. And he says about four words and he's a real like, it's a lot of storytelling, right? And it's a, typically a lot of like uh, military, you know, special forces kind of people. Um, but there's two, I think they're really incredible. One is DJ Shipley, uh, which I it, to me, it's a four hour podcast in the last two hours, like whatever you think you're going to be doing to like be distracted, you're going to stop and you're just going to listen to the last two hours. And it is like just mind blowing. Uh, but then this other one um, is Tulam. It's this, uh, this guy who, you know, came over from Vietnam right after the Vietnam war. Like you want to talk about like anyone had a bad childhood, like this guy pretty much takes the cake, right? Like smuggling, like smuggling out of like, Vietnam, like mom had poison in her purse in case they ran into pirates because pirates tortured kids, like just like really bad stuff, but like won't ruin it. But one of the things he said is when he was young, he was really came to the US and there's a lot of racism because he was Vietnamese and he's having this really bad day. And I, I think his uncle, you know, he's on his lowest point. And his uncle kind of just looked at him and said, like, do you want to be a fucking commando today? And like, it's just like, 
mantra almost of like when it's raining and it's cold and you have to go for a run, like you just ask yourself, do I want to be a fucking commando today? And it's just like, it gives me chills. Cause like, I, I hear this again and it has such a purpose in this sentence, like or question, I guess. But like, and I, I thought about it since, like, after I listened to this podcast, I'm like, every time I'm like, I'm too tired to run. Like I asked myself and it's maybe not a commando, but like, do you want to show up for yourself today? And like, it is such a, like, I don't, to me, it like, I'm like, damn it. And I get up and I go and I'm like, fine. But like, it really is helpful, man, is to have this like mantra to be like, yo, you said you would do something, man. You better fucking do it. Cause like, this is, you're not lying to anyone else but yourself. And like, if you're lying to yourself, where are you? Uh, well, that's it right there. And there's a lot of white space between commando and showing up for yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that's what gets lost also. Everyone, Oh, I see. I see commando. Commando seems unrelatable. Commando seems out of my reach. Commando seems like big giant steps or, or giant leap. And I can't. And, and it's scary also. And again, back to the, to the pros and cons of social media, you know, you can look at everybody's 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, whatever it is. All you're seeing are the highlights, you know, that are there. You know, there's commando behavior after commando behavior. And there's a lot of white space in between it. And where I think there's a lot to it, and I like where you follow it up, which is, you know, do you want to show up for yourself today? Yeah. Now, what does that mean to you? Because success means something different for, for all different people. And your metric or definition for success doesn't necessarily have to be commando to be successful, but it's what makes you the best version of yourself. Yeah. Now, are you getting up? Could it be as simple as going for a walk? Or again, are you decreasing or eliminating, reducing your alcohol consumption? Are you taking time to exercise each day? Doesn't mean you have to go run a triathlon or be an elite level cyclist or go train with the seals you know, out there. It simply means, you know, your best version of, of yourself. And I'm actually really, really cool with that. Mm -hmm. yep. what, what I not am as, as cool with, again, is not taking that good hard look in the mirror and really being honest with yourself and asking yourself, am I being the best version of myself that I can actually be? Am I doing what I said I was going to do? Not necessarily having to take over the world, become the commando, like win the rare everything, but hey, am I living a life of purpose? Am I living a life by design? And do I feel genuinely good about that? If so, terrific. If not, so fucking make some changes. And I have a question about this. And I think about this a lot because like there's all these studies on addiction and like I've, you know, listened to it, read a bunch of them. And I think everyone's like pretty familiar with this idea of like, you know, you know they're like in the 60s or whatever, they put a rat in a cage and they put heroin water in water, right? And then the, the rat had the heroin water and then eventually OD'd and died. And then they would put cocaine water and like, you know, they're surmised like, well, heroin is so addictive, you will always overdose, right? And this other guy, and so that was like the big study. But this other scientist was like, well, if you were alone in this cage, in this weird room being poked at by scientists and, you know, you were lonely and sad and scared as a rat, like, yeah, and you had an opiate, like, sure, you're absolutely going to abuse it. So he's like, all right, I'm going to make a rat topia, you know, just huge thing, plenty of stuff for them to crawl around, fornicate, do the whole thing, right? And food, everything. And they put a hundred rats in there. It's paradise. And they put heroin water, cocaine water, and regular water. And we noticed was that every rat tried because, you know, figure out which one was water. And everyone else tried it. And then after one or two tries, no one ever touched it again. 
They only went to the water. None of them overdosed. None of them had an addiction problem. None of this. Because the community around them was so strong, right? They're having a good time. Like there was no reason to, to imbibe in this. And so I think about this ownership of self, right? And, and, and obviously it does rely on your, yourself, but I do think that it's about the community around you as well, because you want to show up for your community. I am much better at taking care of other people than myself. So I know all my little dark secrets. I you know, I know when I cheat on things, I know when I don't wash my hands, like, you know, you know, all your little like things, but like other people, your, your friends are like, Oh my God, I want to take care of you. Like, and so I think what I looked at when it came to taking care of myself is that all these people that are, I love that are my friends in my community are showing up for me every day. They're making sure I'm okay. They're coming to my birthday party. They're, you know, checking in on me periodically, but if they're showing up for me, like, and I can't show up for myself, that's a problem. And so like, I think it goes hand in glove a little bit that it's really sometimes hard to show up for yourself when you don't have a community around you. And then when you do have a community around you to like, remind yourself that like, people are showing up for you, like, it's probably pretty good idea that you could show up for yourself. Was that always the case? Now I'm just going to flip it. Yeah. Think that you had this community you know, or around or shifting communities as you've changed, or I didn't feel like I had a community, but now I do. And here's kind of, kind of what, what I did to get it. And, and I ask that because I think also a lot of men, they're, they're lonely. Sure. They're surrounded by a lot of people, but they're yeah. lonely and they're kind of rudderless in where they fit and their community, because maybe again, it's not totally at work. Maybe it's yeah. not I don't know this group in here. And by the way, the community I'm in is not really the community I hope to be in either further down the road, because maybe it's pulling me in directions or things that I feel are not really where, where I want to be. Meaning like, Hey, if my buddies are all like, there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying making a judgment here, but if my buddies are all like, you know, playing poker, you know, you know, until two, three o'clock in the morning and we're gambling and then we go out and we play 18 or 27 holes the next day of golf. And then we drink at the, at every hole. And then we do this and you're like, wow, like they're, they're 10 so great guys, but this is not really for me, you know, anymore. We even think about like, can I break out? Can, again, can I start over back to my point of like, whatever you want actually exists, but there's this, am I going to lose my community? Am I going to lose my support? The people that check on me, good, bad, or indifferent. And how do I find and make new communities and friends as but you're 39 and 49? Personal success metrics, right? Like, I mean, listen, like, I, and I feel really fortunate, right? So when I was a kid, I got in a lot of trouble. I was bored. I, you know, I got kicked out of high school uh, and I had a really sh shitty community around me. Like some of my friends were awesome. I'm still best friends with them today, but like some friends weren't, but like the problem is like, we weren't holding each other to a higher standard, right? We were all kind of mess ups. And when I got to kitchens, um, man, I lucked out. Like I, I was really in a bad, bad way in, in a bad direction. And I went to kitchens and there's such accountability in kitchens, right? Cause if you don't get your station set up, if you don't do your prep, if you don't execute the dish, well, you not, you don't mess up your night, you fuck up everyone's night. Right. And so like, if you can't get your station set up and everyone has to like on top of their work, they have to help you. Or if you can't cook, if you say three minutes out and you're seven minutes out, you ruin everyone else's thing. It starts over, right? And so you start realizing the importance of teamwork, right? Because I never did team sports as a kid, right? But like, I think it's really helpful, right? Thinking about it now, I think being athletic, being able to like 
say, oh my God, we're out of this. What do I need to do now? And so there's a lot of adversity and problem solving. So I feel really lucky at that. But what I also feel really lucky about is that I changed kitchens almost every year because that's what you did. And so you kind of went into a new community every year. And so you realized how to integrate into different communities. And it was kind of the same, but it was different. And so I guess to answer your question, if you're the guy who's playing poker and drinking and doing all those things, and that's who you want to be at that time, like then you feel it's a part of your community, you feel awesome about it. But when you start being like, man, this isn't me anymore, I want to change. That's when it takes that hard look and say, okay, who do I want to be? Who's my hero? Who do I want to look up to? And I think, I think about this a lot. I didn't grow up in the twenties, but like, you know, like years, but like people used to have heroes, it seemed right. There was this like hero thing. And I think, I think about this all the time. Who's my modern day hero. Who's like Mm. a dude that I look up to, right. Who's like a dude that I'm like, God, I want to be like that. And I'm not talking about like my dad and things like that. Cause like, he's a hero, but like, who's a modern day Superman to me? It's a hard question to ask. And what is a modern day Superman to me? Like, because like, that's how like you need, you need a beacon, right? You need someone that you want to live up to. And, and I think that's like, that's why I really like, you know, podcasts and, and listening to people talk. Cause like you could hear someone be so inspiring and be like, God, like I want to be more like that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's funny. Like one of my biggest heroes is like a childhood best friend. His name is Steve. And we both were just major, major fuck ups. Both got kicked out of high school. You know, I went to kitchens. He kind of went to the oil fields, you know, and he tried to be an EMT, you know, fireman, just like kind of do those things. And this guy works in oil fields with just some of the craziest people in the world, but he is the best dad. His two kids are all straight A students, even though he was definitely not right. He has a beautiful wife that they've been married. He got, he got married in 19 and he's, and they've been married for 20 years now. And I have never heard, like of all my friends, he has never said a bad word about his wife. He loves her immensely. Like he, and he shows up every day for that family. And like, to me, like, I was like, man, that is a hero. That's someone I strive to be like, cause like years ago, I mean, not even that long. Like I was so selfish, man. That would never have been me. I would have never showed up for people like that. I would have, it's always about me and my success and TV shows and Instagram followers. And like, I just was like, consumed by like what strangers thought as opposed to consumed with like potentially the closest people in my life thought. And like, that's, it's been my redirection. The Midlife Mail podcast would not be possible without the support of some incredible brand partners. I only recommend brands I use, believe in, and trust. And each brand was handpicked by me for a specific reason. I believe in these guys, not just because they're great companies with great people behind them, but because the stuff works. I use these to stay at my peak and I suggest you do too. So go over to midlifemail.com and click on special offers for exclusive Midlife Mail discounts and promotions. It's so it's so good. And I think what's what's most important about it also is that we we take the time to think about that. Like as you're saying that, I'm going, okay, like what am I paying the most attention to right mm-hmm. now? What should I be paying the most attention to? Whose thoughts, opinions, love actually really matter? Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting. This actually came up, you know, that this. This one, because we all have choices and we have decisions to, again, about prioritization, you know, in there sure. and who we want to be. Um, 
and time's the one resource that we can't make more of. We come, we come back to that um, and how valuable it actually is. And, you know, I was just had an amazing conversation with a great, great buddy of mine this morning. And we talked a little bit about, I'm starting to get out there and speaking. And now the book is coming out on, on November 1st and I'm super proud of it. And I got invited out to this, to this event to basically speak and, and take part in their very high profile individuals. And it's going to be a room and the call is going, oh, and you're going to get clients out of this. And it's going to be, you know, this will be great. And we're happy there. I'm thinking, wow, like I developed this relationship over, over two years to even get to this position to be kind of included, you know, and invited part of the community. What's the date? October 15th. Ooh, okay. What's October 15th? Well, it's parents weekend at University of Colorado Boulder, where our son is freshman year. Okay. What's my number one F of my six Fs? Family. What's my number one priority? What's the dichotomy here? Can you can't be a two place? This becomes a no brainer. Like you wrestle, but it's a no brainer. Hey, I'm not missing my son's first parents weekend away at college. Mm -hmm. The four of us to be together as a family mm -hmm. there. But here's this unbelievable experience. You know, you know what I mean? Like we're constantly chat, we're constantly challenged. And you can that's right. You, but you just said that you have a list, right? And like I think about this all the time of like, you know, so one of my business partners, when he's like a father figure to me, um, you know, and his name is Rich Melman. Um, but I remember one day he asked me, and it was a weird question. He said, I want you to write down a list of all your weaknesses, as many as you can, be as honest as you can. And he's like, I'll take that list. It'll be stay between us and I'll keep it in my safe. So no one will ever get to it. Right. And periodically, as you grow with, you know, me and the company and, you know, partnership, I want to take out the list and I want to kind of like see what we can cross off because you're going to grow. And I was like, wow. And so like, you know, I remember the list in detail to this day, and I bet he still has it. And this is 10 years ago. You know, but my first lesson is like my one of my greatest weaknesses is telling people I have great weaknesses, right? It was like, that was like, that was the number one, you know? And then there was like, my greatest weaknesses, I'm terrified of money all the time. Like, I'm like, no matter how much money I have, I look at my bank account every day. And so, again, we went to this thing, and like, and he like said some really insightful things where he's like, hey, like, being worried about money is not a weakness. Like, even if you're the, the richest guy in the world is like, it means that you're, it's, you're, you're responsible towards it, you know, look at it. Like, and if it's crippling, it's one thing, but and so we went down this list and then, and he, he kept his word, like periodically he'd bring it out and say like, Hey, remember two years ago when you were afraid to lead people or you were afraid you weren't a good leader. Like now you have all these restaurants and people think you're a good leader. Like we can put a, a notch next to this one. And it was like, it was such a simple exercise that I, it like, it really, I've never written down a list of my greatest weaknesses before. And like, God, it, I, you think you can do it in five minutes. It takes days. It takes days of thinking about it and being honest. So I haven't done it. I'm now going to do it. I just wrote down that I need to look into two things, who my modern day hero is and, and write down my list of weaknesses. I've had the opposite per se, where I've had other people write about me. That I asked for. I had a coach that I was working with. And one yeah. of the assignments that he gave me was to ask other people sure. to write about me, what they 
thought about me, how they perceive me, who I am, whether that's strengths, weaknesses, whatever. To get, and it was, had to be people that I worked with, people that I worked for, people that I thought liked me. Some people, it would be great if he's like, go to people that don't like you. <laughs> like, if you're like, how, you know, can you go, why can you pick, call it 10 people, you know, out there and give them this assignment to, to write about. Some of that stuff was tough. I mean, tough to read, but amazingly yeah. valuable to read about how, and, and if now, how question that across, is, were some of the things that were tough to read, did you already know about? It's a, it's a great question. Um, I think I did to the yeah. majority of them. I already knew about um, what I really had to face was my defensiveness, my um, about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my inability to, to accept even constructive criticism or even not such constructive criticism, um, to also be able to deflect how I felt personally or to absorb how I felt personally that, about it and then be able to turn it into something productive to be able to use it in there. Um, there were some that I felt were, the vast majority of it I felt was extremely accurate. There were yeah. a few things that I was like, whoa, okay. To your point, I thought that was a strength. It's clearly a weakness. Mm-hmm. Sure. And there were some others that were like, okay, you know, this is where I thought I was really weak and others' perceptions might be really strong. Um, but I found the exercise to be really valuable. One of the major things or main things that, you know, in that regard, I got out of it was like, how is any of this actually landing with me and making me feel? How yep. am I reacting to this positively, negatively, emotionally, spiritually? Like, what do I want to do about it? Is this crippling me as you're saying, or is this inspiring me? Or do I want to change based on that? Um, should I, am I resistant to change? Or am I, again, just fighting it for the sake of fighting it because I don't have the flight instinct, you know, is one of the things in the fight or flight. Like, hey, here's how I react. Sometimes it's not about change. It's just about acknowledgement. And so I, I have an example of that. Like, so I, I, I got feedback a lot um, throughout life and something. So I have tremendous ADHD and like, I will talk and I'll just completely move on to something else. Right. Like I need constantly moving. I have a coffee and a grapefruit juice. I have like nine things that I need to be doing at all times. And so when I would, when something is really important or when something is really like, whether it's an argument or a fight or a disciplinary thing, I speak really slow because my mind moves so fast. And so what I do is I talk really slowly and really calmly and I, and I find my words. To me, I always thought that was me being like really professional, trying to find the right words, being really calm in a high tense situation. What I found out is most people found that extremely condescending because they thought I was talking to them like a five-year-old. And really it was like, it was me. Cause like, I, you know, when you're mad, you're just like, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, I move really fast and I, I mumble. And like, so it was me trying to slow down because I needed it personally and they perceived it as condescending. And so like, where I don't know that I can change it. What I can do is I can acknowledge it. And so in those situations, I can say, Hey, I want to preface this with, I'm going to speak slower because I need it personally and I'm not trying to be rude. It is something that I am working on. And so sometimes it's 
it's just the acknowledgement of something you can't change or don't know how to change. It's simply letting the other person know like, hey, I'm working on this. It's my journey. But I just want to let you know that I know it sounds like I'm being an asshole. I and like I the preface. I, I like, again, the strength of being able to preface like where we're at. Yeah. Right? And take ownership of that and put everybody in a position of, okay, not necessarily put them there, but like, hey, just acknowledge like, this is who I am. This is where I am. This room might be making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Or the situation, whatever else it is, but here's what I'm working on. And here has, huh, I'm going to go. And it kind of, it does. It, it, I think it reduces that the potential for people to kind of misread, yeah. you know, you, you know, or, or the situation or the whole, the whole thing. And, and again, I don't think great quote is people think about you far less than you think they think about you, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, but again, like I am, always worried because listen like i'm happy to offend people who deserve being offended right but i never <laughs> want to offend someone who i don't right and like and like i've had people been like wow like you said that and it like really like offended me and i'm like and it's like my heart sinks I'm like oh my god like i am so sorry like i i'm a very empathetic person and like i never want that and so i always think about going into things of like what what do our like you know, I'm distracted. I'm these things. I talk slow. We, I know I'm scatterbrained. I'll completely forget what we're talking about. Not because it's not interesting, just because it's why my mind works. And like, and so I found that like, as long as I communicate that with most people, they're so cool with it. They get it. Like, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to forget that we made plans. Not because you're not important, just because I saw something shiny and that took my entire day away. <laughs> like, And it's not because you're not important. It's just me. And they're like, and they, and they get it. And I, it goes back to like, I think most people, as long as you communicate with them ahead of time, like, hey, I can't come to your birthday party because my boss is a dick and he wants me to stay late. Right. Or she wants me to do this or whatever it may be. Like people are like, oh, I'm bummed. But like, thanks for communicating. But if you don't show up like that person, like they have a myriad of, oh, they must not like me or they this or they hate like. The All stories we create in our own head are always worse than yeah, so like I think that's how you fix sure. a lot of those things, right? It's just being so honest with someone, especially if you care about them, because then it allows the other person to not make up a story. If I say, hey, I'm speaking slowly to you because I'm a mess in my mind, there's no longer a story they can create. So if they're like, ah, this guy's really talking to me slow, like, oh, that's his thing. Okay. As opposed to being like, God, does he think I'm stupid? Why is he speaking to me slow? Like, yeah, I don't know. I work and, better. And they don't ask. They continue the assumption, you know, uh -huh. or I've made the judgment because they're afraid to ask it because this is something, again, that needs to be worked on. And a lot of us are not taking the time to really work at it. Those of us that are working on it start to, I think, also develop this kind of confidence in wearing our own vulnerabilities, our own insecurities, the way our, our, our DNA, the way we're made up. We start to own it a little bit more and put it and put it out there. And you but go, it, okay, if I can start with that, sure. Like, and this is why I love talking to you. And this is why I love watching your things. Like I, as an adult male, right? Like there's like so many dudes I can go talk to about like when things are really bad. I'm bad at it, man. Like last few years with like the companies and personal life and things like that, there have been some lows. <laughs> like there have been some like, man, today is really bad, right? And, you know, we 
I feel lucky because I have people I can talk to. And I don't think a lot of men do. Right. And like there was this situation the other day where this kid, I met him twice and I was like, hey, how was your, you know, Fourth of July or something? You know, I think it was that. And he goes, yeah, it was it was cool. Um, my parents have been divorced for three years and we all had dinner together for the first time. And I don't know if they're getting back together. And it was like, it was kind of weird. He just told me a stranger. Right. And before I could even say anything, his like other buddies, like, dude, you're such a pussy. Like you tell people the weirdest shit. Like, and I was like, I was like mad. I was like, Hey man, I'm going to let you know something like a, thank you for telling me that. That means a lot. Like, and B, like, that is not something like that is strength. Like, and I was like, I was so mad at this kid. Cause I was like, man, like this kid wanted to tell somebody and he clearly couldn't tell his friends. And he was, he clearly wanted to tell someone so bad. He told a stranger. Right. And like, I was like, I told this kid, I was like, man, like, I, I want to be really clear. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that to me. Cause it's important. And I think it's just like, if that happened, I mean, it happened to me as a kid, it's happened to me as an adult. And I've also been in that position as a kid that I made fun of people for sharing their feelings. And like, God, it's like, it's becoming more and more important to me to do that. And like have Absolutely. these conversations. It, it's such a tremendous point. And look, as I've gone down this, this path, you know, that has been, an evolution, a personal evolution. First, I started having these kinds of conversations for exactly what you just mentioned. I didn't have anybody to talk to. <laughs> I figured, okay, let me bring a microphone and people like at least talking about themselves. I can learn yeah. and I don't have to do the majority of the talking, but I can actually also ask questions regarding some of the things that I'm feeling and thinking and want to talk about. And since I don't have anybody to talk about, to talk to per se about this stuff or feel comfortable enough doing it, let me do this under the premise of a show mm -hmm. sure. where no matter what I say, I also can default back onto, well, it's part of the show. You know, I have to ask the question about like why I'm so scared and why I'm so upset, you know, yeah. and how, you know, whether it's my father's death has, has affected me and, and stress and anxiety and vulnerability and money and family. And you go down and you go, okay, I could spend again all day, every day, just throwing up all over everybody. That's how it started. And then sure. what actually and happens over time, people start to ask you, like, this is what was happening to it. There yep. was a DM or there was a text or there was an email. And then it's okay. Am I worthy or want of giving advice or opinions? And again, you now you start hearing from other people that don't have people to talk to, you know, that are out there. And then I started hearing from women who said, my husband doesn't really have anybody to talk to. It seems like, and he doesn't talk to me. Yeah. And that's a problem. And my, and or a challenge. And my kids are seeing that also. And I want to also break the cycle of them thinking that they don't have anybody to talk to or that they shouldn't talk like this. And then I got involved in coaching and we're saying, okay, and how does that work? And I studied that. And, I got to, and then I'm actually hearing from men about the reasons why they're even interested in talking to somebody. Whether it's a coach, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a group, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, even the difference between one-on-one -on -one and a group situation about what they feel comfortable sharing or not sharing. And it's, it's fascinating, but it's also very eye-opening to your point that unfortunately, a lot of men do not have people to talk to, including the ones that are closest to them. You know? And when you slice it or carbon between personal and professional, there's this barrier. They don't want to look weak at work or they don't want to certainly look vulnerable there. And then they don't want to look weak and vulnerable at home. So then what does that leave over? Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And then it defaults to, can I afford to hire somebody, you know, because I can talk to them because they don't really know me. They can't really tell anybody else. They're not going to, and, and this is what I need. And it becomes a very private, almost secretive thing. Well, but that's why I told you like that, that DJ Shipley podcast with Sean Ryan, like, I think every guy should listen to it because, you know, he, he talks about like, just, you know, and there were more physical things. We had like, you know, massive headaches every day. He was pissing blood. He was confused. He was this, and he would t- ask his friends who were like, we're all Navy SEAL, like other dudes. And he'd be like, Hey, do you guys like, do you have headaches every day? And do you feel nauseous? Or like, no, dude, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, Oh yeah. Me, me too. Me too. Me too. You know, like, do you like wake up like in cold sweats, like having nightmares? And they're like, no, why do you? No, 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 no. And he asked all of his people this. And then like, you know, I don't want to ruin it, but like he found out that everyone did. Right. And he was like, fuck you guys. I felt alone for years. I felt I was the only person having these things. And all I wanted was one other person to be like, I also have headaches. I also am scared. I also wake up confused because then I wouldn't feel alone. And I think about that a lot, like, and that's like an extreme case, but like, I think about the more I talk to people, the more I find out that we're all going through a lot of the same things, especially dudes on dudes, right? Like where I'm like, I am terrified about like not being successful. I'm terrified about finding the right person. I'm terrified about doing these things. And if you think you're alone, you think everyone else got to figure it out and go back to social media because everyone looks like they got to figure it out, right? And then you feel alone, which then has no confidence and all these things. But if you just talk to other dudes like this, you find out that, man, most people are going through the same stuff you are and you can provide advice. And like, I want to be conscious of time, but I actually have a question for you. Since you have done 200 episodes and you've probably interviewed a lot more interesting people than myself, like what are, what are one or two takeaways that you have I guess you have that you never thought you would have from talking to these people. Like what are some, like what are one or two surprises where you're like, you know, you're going to talk to guys, you know, you're going to say the same thing, but what are maybe two things that you're like, wow, I never thought I would feel this way after talking to 200 people. Wow. It's, it's such a good question. And this is also the reason I love having you back on the show. And if we can really circle this all back to the beginning, because I think here's what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to run this from wherever the fuck we started. Okay. Just from the beginning. So Michael, when you're editing this or putting this thing together, just like throw the open music on and just go from wherever we jumped in, because this is the, the beauty of, I think also developing a relationship even from Lamar and let's just jump back on, have Jeff on for the second time on the show and let's just start talking and see where these things go. And I just, I I love the rawness of it. I'm really kind of like, I can't stand things that are like over edited or over produced or over contrived or anything. And it's like, look, I don't know where we're going to go, man, but come back on and let's do this because it's been a little while, you know, since you've been on. And I love that you're, that you're back and, and, and doing this and that you reached out and I'm like, so I will answer your question and I'm kind of thinking of it as I'm talking to, but I just want you to know, like, I just love that we can just jump right on and be like, Hey, let's just start going. And, and, and there's so much, so much great stuff here. And look guys, also, whether you talk about something like narrow and deep, or you talk about something shallow and wide, like that's cool too. Just, just have, have conversations and see where they go. But it's like that action versus emotion thing, right? It's just, just jump into the workout for 10 minutes and you're normally going to flow right through it, right? The same thing with guys, like actually ask a real question. If you have a random conversation, like my best, I mean, I didn't expect this from this. Like we were just talking and like, we never even like, we're like, oh, what did you want to talk about? But I've learned so much from this conversation. I'm going to walk away like on a cloud nine being like, I just talked to a 
dude that I respect for an hour. Like it makes me feel good. <laughs> By the way, there's the answer to your question. Okay. Right. There's answer one to, to your question and, and not to cut you off, but you just hit yeah. it. Okay. That's what surprised me and has lit me up the most mm-hmm. is the opportunity to speak to all of these different men and to walk away feeling incredible each and every time that the generosity of another guy, a successful guy, again, actors, entertainers, chefs, entrepreneurs, Olympic gold medalists, heavy, heavyweight champion, guys whose names that you've heard of, mm-hmm. and more importantly, many men whose names you've never heard of that are now in front of mm, really thousands of other people that have heard of them, sure. that have generously given me their time, that takes an hour of my day and time out of theirs to get on this that's been the most surprising and most gratifying thing is that I get to have that time. Yeah. And to, and to go, to go away from it, feeling like my tank is full. I've leveled up that day because I've had the opportunity to hear from men like yourself and who the fuck gets that opportunity. Like, wow. Like I, I've called this like my MBA. Like, this really is my MBA. And I talk a lot about taking ownership and kind of becoming the CEO of your own life. You may not be able to be the CEO of a company or whatever, but we can all be the CEO of, of our own life. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate education when I had it. Hmm? High school, going away to college, anything else, didn't go to school past college or get an actual you know, MBA. And now I'm so deeply appreciative of the opportunity to learn and kind of embrace curiosity, put questions out there and get them answered. Like what a gift that is. And the second thing to to answer the second part of your question is everybody has a story. Yeah. Everybody has a story. Everybody is interesting. If you give them the opportunity to tell you their story and share their story, you can get something out of it. It does not have to be the Grammy-winning musician or the Academy Award-winning actor, the James Beard Award-winning chef. It doesn't have to be the big, bold name. They may draw some people in and they, again, may have wonderful stories to share, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. everybody has a story. So the second thing I've got out of it is is mix. I love that try to mix and be diverse. We know what we have to do Sure. as somebody who's trying to build, let's say a brand and an audience, you know, who you want to eat in your restaurants per se, it's certain, but you know, who also really, really matters and matters most. Again, the person whose name you, you don't know who has an incredible life story and success, the family that comes in every week. Mm-hmm. But, and so I'll leave you with this last little thought. I think about this often and it kind of coincides with what you just said is like humans are really good at stories, right? We pass down stories. That's why we know things happened a thousand years ago. Stories, 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 stories. But we only had social media and fame for so long, right? It was like you were the, the monarch family or whatever. You're the royal family. And so like a lot of stories of like, you know, people pioneering across America, like they weren't really famous. Like they were just like Lewis and Clark, right? They weren't like, they didn't have blue check marks. They were just two dudes who are like, we're going this way, guys. You want to come with us? And then there are stories of that. But I think about this, about men talking to each other is that 
for a long time from, I guess, days of old to up until maybe, I don't know, not too, uh, recently, but like, you think men were like put to war, you know, and like in like Roman gladiator times or like this, or they're sent out into like the forest to hunt. And then, you know, even like think of like Native Americans of like, you know, going out with like groups of people to like go hunt a buffalo, right? And like, they had a lot of man time. They had a lot of sitting around a fire talking and being kind of dudes with each other. And, you know, I think that that happened a lot more than we think it did. And I think dudes actually, it's not a modern thing, men talking to each other and being emotional to each other. I think it was actually way more prevalent a hundred years ago, right? Than it is now. I think we've actually stopped doing it now. And I, this is why we miss it because it's in our DNA to like guys going out and like sitting under the moon, talking about it and being like, I'm going to jump off this cliff. No, I'm going to jump off this cliff. And like, being guys together, I think happened. I think this is why we miss it is because we stopped doing it. It's not I, that we miss it because it's something that's never been there. I agree with that. Absolutely. And I think, again, that's part of the pro and con of, of technology, if you will, or development or mm, the ability to do things from, from separate locations. You know, there are positives and negatives to all of this stuff mm, where the boundaries have, have blurred. Now, I think. There's an amazing opportunity, again, to have a deep connection through a screen. We're having a conversation. We're doing this now. We should do, absolutely do, do more of it. But I also think that there's become a big disconnect, to your point, by utilizing some of these things to listen to what we want to listen to, hear what we want to hear, hide behind certain other things, and then not have to actually engage. Mm -hmm. And, and because of a lot of that, we've lost the ability to, to agree to disagree. We've lost this ability to interact and share thoughts and opinions. And, and sometimes that don't maybe make us feel exactly the way, the way we want to. And instead, what we can do is just let me flip. Let me go to the station that, that is my opinion. Let me go to that channel. Because for anything and everything that we feel and we believe we want, there's somebody that agrees with us out there. Yeah. So we no longer have to kind of maybe work together as much. We'll just keep flipping and changing and scrolling until, uh-huh, that's who agrees with me. So I must be right because there's yeah. somebody out there. Oh, look, there's 2,000 of them. You know, <laughs> great. Or, there's too many. So I have to be right because there's X number of other people that agree with me versus, you know, let me talk to Jeff for a little bit longer and maybe we can work through this or I can learn something or we can at least appreciate where we both stand. Well, like you said, like everyone has an interesting story. And I think everyone also is inherently can be a good person, right? Like I have people I adamantly disagree with on policies and things, but I know that they're a good person. And so I am always, I, I want to hear their opinion because like, maybe they're going to tell me something and go, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. Like, so that's something I'm working on, by the way. Do you oh, cool. see you th that that you think people are inherently good people <laughs> sure. overall? I'm yeah. deeply, deeply working on that. Okay. Yeah. To try to get past some of my resistance that I don't know. I I, I want to believe people are inherently really good people. And for, I feel like, ooh, like there are some bad people out there. Um, like there well, are, and, and, and I don't want to always have my guard up. I want to be somebody that that inherently feels that way. I do find myself more guarded of late. I find myself becoming more protective of the notion that, hey, don't inherently just believe that everybody is out for good or everyone that sends you a message or everyone that reaches out. Because there's so, ugh, it just, I was, well, I don't know, my well, mind works in all ways too. I think that everyone 
the people who are doing bad to you, I think in their shoes, they think they're doing good. And so you think of like revolutionaries, right? Like they're, you know, like even with like protests and things like that, they're out there screaming and throwing, you know, rocks through windows. And in their mind, they are, you know, they are doing good. Right. And like, go on, I cut you off. Sorry. No, again, I think, I think human fundamentals boil down to very simple things, right? Shelter, food, safety, love, protection kind of thing, right? And so then what happens then is they get convoluted by ideals, beliefs, and just, you know, riling up of different things. Because I think most people, they just want to be safe. They just want to be taken care of. They just want to have food and water and, and those things. But then you add the layers of social norm and news and all these different things. And so these two sides are fighting against each other. Uh, they both think they're right because of their beliefs, but they really are trying to say the same thing as we just want to be safe. We want to be those things. And that's where the hard part to me gets in. And maybe that's where I'm struggling to with this idea of like, who gets a pass and like, who are we and, and, and who doesn't for certain, for certain things, like what behaviors seem to be getting a pass and which ones don't. And, and, Maybe it's too hard to draw the line between. No, but between I, I have an answer for you on that one, I think. Right. Um, I think that what I've learned in life is the only person I can control is myself. Mm. There's this idea of lead by example kind of thing. Right. So the better I am as a person, the more I put in work to myself, the more I am. I don't pop off because someone cuts me off and I don't honk my horn and say, fuck you like this, right? The more I am in control of myself, the more I am nurturing, the more I am like, hey, man, you're having a bad day. Come talk to me, right? The more I can do that, the more it affects other people, right? I, I sort of believe that kind of butterfly effect of this. But the only person I can control is myself. So like far be it to me to say, you know, I was listening to this like podcast of like these guys in Afghanistan. He's like, I just, I don't know how many people we that came into a room and like we saw a guy holding a gun and we shot him. But he's like, but if someone came into my house with my family right now and I had a gun next to my bed, I would also stand up with a gun because you're breaking into my house, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and so like the idea is like, it's like, it's hard to kind of change other people, but the only person you can change is yourself. And so I just say, I'm going to own myself to accountability. I'm going to be the best person. I'm going to continuously work on myself. I'm going to talk to people like you. I'm going to tell them about myself and say what I'm doing. And hopefully maybe you're like, oh my God, this is what I'm doing. And so like, the more I can work on myself, maybe the more other people can work on themselves. And if we all kind of do that, then like, then maybe we all get better. But like telling them they're wrong is like, that's because there's plenty of people who think I'm wrong. There's plenty of people hate things that I do, you know? And so, yeah, it's just, I focus on myself. Absolutely agree. Huge, huge believer in, in controlling what we can control, working on, working on ourselves that notion that self-care isn't, isn't selfish, you know, that, that comes up, that comes up a lot. It's actually one of the most selfless things that you, that you can do, you know, yeah. and yeah, look, yeah. I have one, one more thing on that for you, just for the, the idea of other people is I think it's a really profound statement, but I, I believe it is that someone once told me you get what you tolerate, right. Out of relationships, out of friendships, out of work, whatever else like that is. Right. And so it, and this goes to people. If you give some, if you allow someone to step on you, they're going to step on you. If you allow someone to bully you, they're going to bully you, right? And so, the idea of standing up for yourself because you believe in yourself, I think, is equally important to that bettering yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Is to knowing what you can tolerate. And so, if it's a boss being disorganized, then that's fine. Like whatever it is, but like to also drawing a line with people and saying, "Hey, man, like that—that that is, we're not going to talk to me like that anymore." 
and because that's that's a win for yourself that's that's a betterment for yourself too so i think yeah those are two important things to like work on <laughs> at least so right. good and 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 so so true so you're welcome anytime mm-hmm. okay. right cool. after your birthday or not okay we could do this as every year as an anniversary we're definitely we'll do this at 40 okay it's coming the big one's coming yeah. right now on there um jeff we didn't even talk about like like business business okay the, great the, i actually really the, like it the, the total awesomeness of 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 a chef and restaurateur and hospitality expert you are and split nutrition which by the way i'm doing every single day of course and i love it the simplicity of peanut butter and jelly and and thank you for the dark chocolate as well <laughs> version in there we didn't do we didn't get to that we covered a ton of ground Mm-hmm. on there. But I also want to put out to the people listening that here's what I also believe mm-hmm. that the food tastes better when you know who made it. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And that the entrepreneurs, human beings, business people, businessmen that I have on the program right now, the really cool thing about supporting them is you get to know exactly who they are. You get to know a lot more about them at the end of this hour, hour and a half, whatever time it takes. However, I haven't gotten to the two, four hour, you know, like, like Sean Regan, you want four hours, you want six hours, you want DJ Shipley, go listen to Sean. Apparently he's excellent. I'm going to also, you know, in there, but I really do value the conversations where, where we get insight into, you know, who you are as a human being, what's on your mind, what's top of mind, where do we go with this? And I think that's the part, guys, and you should be out there paying attention to now go look into what Jeff does professionally (laughs) out there, how you can support them. And those things are valuable. So, so to that regard, how do people find you right now? I mean, I can just give everyone my home address. <laughs> um, don't, don't come, come in guns house. blazing because yeah. you know, okay. That's- <laughs> I mean, yeah, it might be bad for someone, not me. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really bad at social media, but I have one, uh, Jeff Mahan, M-A-H-I-N. So at Jeff Mahan, uh, I do a lot more posting stories uh, than actual pictures. Uh, but really, if you want to come find me, like check out Stella Barra, Summer House, Do Right Donuts. We have a lot in Chicago, I'm in DC, Charlottesville in the airport, like all over Los Angeles. You know, Stella Barra is a, you know amazing pizzeria. Um, you know, by supporting those, you don't just support me, you support my partners, you support my staff, like sort of the family part of it, which is awesome. Uh, and then split nutrition uh is peanut butter and jelly on the go in a pack. It seems too simple to be true, but somehow we were the first people to bring it to market. Um invent <laughs> a pack, which sounds weird, but it's simple. It's you know, in this this world of you know, and you know, Greg can attest to you like you know, the world of like thousands of supplements and ice baths and hot things like it's just peanut butter and jelly and it's delicious. And it's made with really good peanut butter and really good fruit and, you know, uh, jam. And the idea is it's not supposed to make you stronger, faster, better, or anything else like that. It's just supposed to be really good for you. Eat it and you continue on whatever you're doing. Um, and so you can find us in Walmart, Kroger. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to grow again. It's great. The humble mogul. Right. So, all right, guys, now you know where to find Jeff. Now you know where to go. I'm I'm now walking on cloud nine, leaving this. So I know, I know how you feel a little bit. I I love it. Uh, Really blessed. It's great to catch up with you again. Happy birthday, my man. Congrats on all of your, on all of your success, working through everything, keeping it all going. I'm inspired by you. And, uh, and thank you for being here. So guys, another midlife male podcast. 
in the books. If you like what you have heard today and on the show, please give us the five-star rating. Please leave us a good review. It actually really, really helps to keep us moving up the charts and keep the Midlife Mail movement growing. You can also go to midlifemail.com, subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You'll get it dropped in your inbox every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. There you have it. Until next week, I am out of here. Jeff Main, Split Nutrition, Stella Barra, awesome human being. Thank you again for being here. This is the second visit, and you have an open invitation anytime you want to come back on. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Much love. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the Work With Me page to explore options.